Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the soccer scene, as we're going to call it this year. I've run the rule over it with both Noel and Jason, and we've decided that that is the, the simplest but most effective way to go about it. I will say that a friend of mine, Jason Shannon, had suggested that we call it Between Two Thorns with Adrian Finnan. I don't know if any uh, anyone would have uh, be, disagreed with that, I suppose. Uh, Bodhi would probably agree as well. We have a busy show this evening, uh, it's fair to say. We're going over to overview the whole uh, First Division and the teams involved, their signings, both incomings and outcomings. Obviously, the expectations that every team has going into the new season. Firstly, we're going to start with Treaty United, obviously, where we'll be the keen focus for us uh, throughout the whole season. Again, we're excited to be back. It's brilliant to be back. And Noel, it's going to be a very busy year for us again, obviously. We're going to start talking about 3D United. They're well into their pre-season campaign now. They got a first competitive win on Tuesday night against Waterford in the Munster Senior Cup to put them into a semi-final. It's Tommy Barrett's fourth season now, Noel, as well as a, a senior manager. He's gone into his fourth season. The expectations will have risen from last season due to the fact that the club got into the, the playoffs. Um, I suppose with the new players they've brought in, what's been your assessment of the business 3D have done in the off-season? Yeah, I think they've done extremely well. Um, we were kind of expecting a couple of the better lads, if you like, uh, uh, from last year to go. And, uh, you know, that was realised with Ty Grine going to, to Bohemians and Sean McSweeney um, going to Dublin. But I think um, overall, you know, the squad, there looks to be a little, a little bit more quality in it. I mean, particularly with uh, Joe O'Gorman coming in, I think he's a very big signing for them, uh, particularly with... Clyde O'Connell unavailable at the moment and it looks like that uh, Anto O'Donnell isn't there either. I was a bit worried about the defence but certainly um, he's a huge capture. Obviously he was going to go to the Irish League and, and things didn't work out there for him and uh, he, he has a point to prove and I'm sure he'll see this as a stepping stone for him maybe to get into another League of Ireland club which is certainly no harm for Treaty because uh, if if they can be seen for stuff like that or uh, then we're sure to see a few more quality players coming in. And current as well, obviously, a very, very good sign. And I think a guy with a lot of pedigree and probably with, uh, with a point to prove as well this season. Yeah, it's certainly the case. And Noel brings up a good point, Jason. The likes of Ender and Joe Garman, there were big signings towards the end of the, the transfer window, I suppose. If uh, Treaty have now signed 23 players, senior players, with Martin Coughlin and Conor Wynn being announced after Jack Arrow was announced. And uh, Colin Conroy as well, excuse me, and Joe Gorman. There was five signings in two days. In one way, I suppose, though, as well, Jason Treaty needed to bolster the squad regardless anyway because they have lost some key players from last year. We know they've lost Ty Grind to Bohemians. Sean McSweeney has gone to Shelburne. Anthony O'Donnell won't be signing back till July at the earliest, and we're not even sure if he will come back at that stage. Uh, two, uh, Clyde O'Connell, as Noel mentioned there as well. So I suppose... With the nature of the division this year and the competitive nature of the first division in any season, the squad, those signings were, were necessary as well. We're vitally, Adrian. And, and look, you mentioned Tig, you mentioned Anto, and you mentioned Sean McSweeney in particular. They were three pretty close to ever presence, I suppose, and, and very influential players right up the spine of the team. So they needed to be replaced. Um, no one mentioned Joe Garman there. I, I watched the Waterford game the other night. I was very, very impressed with him. He's a big unit. He's dominant. Um, goes about his business well. He's a proper defender. And 
and he looked very, very comfortable next to, to Sean Gearns, who, who looked very fit. He looked very up for it. Um, you obviously had uh, Lee Devitt in the middle of the park as well, and then the corner up top. Dean George looked fit, and, and look, if I'm honest, the whole squad looked fit um, that played. It was on the AstroTurf in UL, so the game was a, a lot faster than it would have been on the grass pitch in the markets field on a wet evening. Um, I was very, very impressed. But the depth of the squad, Adrian, is important because if you, if you go in and look at the detail, OK, Denzel Fernandez is, is on board, but again, injured. Jack Lynch is injured at the moment. You mentioned Anthony O'Donnell, injured at the moment. Matt Keane as well, actually, has a broken foot. So Matt Keane is out as well. So there's four to five players that we're expecting to be competing for, for starting 11 positions. So getting the likes of Colin Conroy in, getting the likes of, I suppose, Jack Arra in, and the corner, as we said, Joe Garman, was vital, Adrian, because I was a little bit concerned um, before I went to the Waterford game. But coming away from it, I'm not concerned anymore. Very, very positive performance. Very positive result. And look, I'm sure Jack Brady will will improve a little bit. Okay, he kept a clean sheet. He looked a little bit vulnerable from corner kicks. But Treaty now look like a very, very big side. You know, they do when they can defend better at set pieces. They were very, I suppose, offensive last year from set pieces. Um, and that will be the case again. So really looking forward to the season. Yeah, promises to, to be a big one all round. Noel, we know that the first division, as I've mentioned already, is generally very competitive. It was last year. It might even be more so this year because it's congested into nine teams as well uh, with the Brian Camtilly merger. I know that I've heard Tommy saying it. I said it to myself the other night as well, that there is no pressure, he said, on his team. But, you know, the, with the way football is, the supporters last year, you had a team in the playoffs. People say it as the natural progression is that you should be getting at least the playoffs this year. It's going to be a job in itself to, to manage those expectations, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think you're right. And I think it'll come from the fans in particular. And also from the squad themselves, I'm sure, you know, Jason mentioned Shane Gearn's back fit. I know that uh, there was an approach by Galway United for him and obviously he's turned them down. So he's happy at Treaty. Um, they're not there just to make up the numbers. You know, they look around and see the likes of the players that have come in. You know, and while Dean George was there last year and Colin Melody, they're two lads that we didn't see much of and we're hoping to see a lot more of them this year as well. So if you like, they're kind of like um, new signings as well. You know, we didn't mention the likes of Joel Costrain, a guy that we know has a really, really good good pedigree and, you know, had, you know, some great form in the Premier League and we probably didn't see the best of him either and we'd be hoping to see a lot more than him. So I think, you know, obviously it's Tommy's job to dampen down the expectations and look, as far as I'm concerned, it's fair enough. But I think the fans will certainly say, well, listen, we were fifth last year. It looks like we have a better squad this year. And um, certainly the players themselves will, I think, will want to push on and will want to maybe, I'm sure the players are thinking back to that playoff game where in the first leg they kind of lost it, you know, and, and, they, and they went to Dublin and they beat UCD and there's UCD now in the Premier League. So they look at that and say, you know what? We weren't a million miles away and if we get that opportunity again, you know, we got to grab it with both hands. But obviously the first thing to do is to get into those playoff places. But there certainly will be pressure and expectation coming from those two areas in in particular. Yeah, definitely. And Jason, I know we'll be going into positional specifics in the future and closer to the kickoff in the next week and a half. But I suppose 
for instance, for example, the likes of Lee Devitt. Lee Devitt is a signing who will be very versatile for Tommy uh, this year. You know, he can play what we've seen, left back, left wing and central midfield as well, if called upon. And even the other night, I suppose you had Stephen Christopher playing right back. Didn't seem to put too much uh, of a foot wrong. That versatility in some of the players that Tommy has, you know, it likes Connor Melody who can play in a couple of different positions. It's going to be key as well. Most definitely, Adrian. I was very impressed with, with Stephen Christopher the other night. We were watching it and, and we were surprised really to see him at right back because he's he's been really a winger or number 10 um, since he's come to the club last season. But he didn't put a foot wrong. He really didn't. Um, I thought Callum McNamara was excellent again in, in the middle of the field and, and we spoke about Callum last year. For such a young player, his attributes are wide range of passing, very good in the tackle and he's aerobically able to get around the pitch. But... You mentioned Lee Devitt. Lee is someone obviously very familiar with because he's a, a Clare native and he came through the, the Regional Emerging Talent Programme with DFEI. Um, and a, a lot of people might remember actually broke his leg a, a good few years ago after the Kennedy Cup. I remember a colleague of mine, Dennis Hines, and myself kind of looking at Lee and hoping that he'd recover fully. And we see the tackles that he was putting in for Cove and again the other night. So he certainly has... Um, but he's a player that, that definitely will add to the squad. I was very impressed with Conor Melody. He played in the 10 role um, against Waterford, but there was a, a nice bit of rotation between himself um, and I suppose um, Ender Curran um, as the striker and, and the wide players, Dwell Custrain as well, and Dean George. Was, there was a nice bit of rotation between them and Melody from that 10 position, which was encouraging. And Colin Conroy is someone that comes with, with pedigree. Boas under 19s, um, technically very, very good, still very young, um, only just 19, I believe, or, or 19 this year, but technically very good. And when he came into the game the other night, it was very, very impressive, Adrian. So to answer your question, that versatility is there throughout the squad. You have Mark Walsh, who wasn't playing the other night. We know Mark can play a centre mid, he can play a centre back. So it's refreshing and, and I suppose, look, it's credit to Tommy for, for the recruitment that he's done that these players can play in numerous positions. Yeah, certainly. And I know that Tommy said he has been struggling for friendlies for the next week or so, but that we remain to be seen whether Treaty can pick up another friendly or two, which they will need before the start of the season in Wexford in two weeks' time. Was to start the, the overview of the rest of the clubs in the first division. We were going to go with an alphabetical order. Uh, this should be interesting, I suppose, to go through the, the merry-go-round in terms of signings that does happen in the League of Ireland. It's very hard to keep up with at this time of the year. But at Lone Town, uh, we'll start with, obviously, a man in charge there who we know very well here in Limerick, in, in Martin Russell. Noel, I know yourself and Jason spoke last year about how Paul Doolan had steadied the ship with that loan towards the end of the season after they had been shipping a lot of goals under Adrian Carberry. It's been it's been a bit of a, a, a weird build-up in that loan because there's only been five signings officially announced despite the fact that they've played uh, a couple of friendlies, two or three friendlies at this stage, five success. Erdogan was the fifth today. They're going from a pragmatic manager in Paul Doolan, it must be said, to more of, a, I suppose, an idealist in Martin Russell, um, you know, so Athlone fans will probably be looking at a different approach at the start of this season. Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose if I if I was an Athlone fan, I would be quite worried 
you know, we were kind of worried in a different way last year, you know, when we looked at the squad and, and wonder could you manage them? And now you're looking at where are they going to get the players? You know, and I think it is going to be a bit of a struggle there. Um, obviously, people may see that later on, when, you know, when we go through the other squads. Um, I think overall it's going to be more of a tighter league, you know, than it was last year. But uh, I think Athlone are a team that look like to me they're going to struggle um, in terms of they're hard to really talk about at the moment because they haven't really signed the players. And then you don't really know where they're going to get them at this stage. So um, I, I, I would say that they haven't really set the, the world on fire. Obviously, Michal Slingerman is still there and obviously a very experienced keeper, Glenn McCauley and, um, and a couple more like that. But it'll be hard to really make a judgment on them until, until we see maybe a, a more rounded squad. But at this stage, I, I would predict them to be in around the bottom um, this season. Yeah, it's crazy, really, Jason, because League of Ireland football can do that to you in the space of a year, can't it? I remember sitting here at start of last season and at all the, the messages coming out of that loan from players, supporters, manager was, we're going gung-ho, not just for the playoffs, but actually, you know, challenging for the league. They were full of enthusiasm. And then you go a year later, not saying that, they, you know, that, it's a problem with Martin Russell being there, but he's struggling probably to get the quality of player in. I know he had a lot of Leinster Senior League players apparently involved as well, and there's no expectation just 12 months on. It's crazy, really. It's just typical maybe of, of the way the League of Ireland can be. Yeah, definitely, Adrian. You know, Martin is someone I know very well and, and have great respect for. Um, and we know the type of football that Martin will play. It'll be expensive. It'll be open. He'll encourage um, players to get on the ball and pass it. And you'll be guaranteed goals, I think, in, in Athlone games this year. At what end will be debatable. Um, Noel mentioned Michal Schlingerman and Glenn McCauley, Derek Daly, Shane Barnes. They're really the only names jumping out at us at the moment. And, and look, I'd agree with you and I'd agree with Noel on paper. I think they are going to struggle. But look, like you said, the reverse of it last year, there was obviously a huge budget. And I don't think the fact that um, they haven't got huge signings as a reflection on Martin because I think he's a great reputation in the game. I would be more inclined to, to kind of be leaning towards is there a budget there for him to bring in players? Because if he had a budget, I'm sure that, that there'd be more signings announced. But on paper, certainly it's going to be a long season at the moment for them. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. As of now, anyway, it has to be said, uh, with only two weeks out for the season to have five players announced, it does seem like it's going to be a difficult task. That brings us on to Bray Wanderers. I suppose the Bray Wanderers, Kevin Teeley merger, uh, Noel O'Connor. It's it's a strange one, I suppose. Bray Wanderers fans will feel like not much has changed in some ways because they're keeping the name of the club. They're keeping the, the Carlisle grounds. They've got the best of the, the Kevin Teeley bunch, uh, if you want to de describe that way. The likes of Kevin Knight and Daniel Blackburn and, and Kieran Martin Waters have went... To Brad, Pat Devlin, it feels like a blast to, to the past with Pat Devlin uh, taking charge as well. Uh, what did you make overall, Noel, of, of this spray and, and Kevin Teeley merger? Yeah, look, I suppose, I mean, it didn't send massive shockwaves through the, the world of football. Certainly, um, Kevin Teeley were a kind of a, you know, a shot out, out of the blue really a few years ago. And they hadn't done it, done a huge amount, I suppose. Their biggest achievement last year was beating Treaty United twice, really. Um, at least their Treaties Bogey team are gone now. Um, as regards Bray, 
I mean, obviously, they've got a few players in Cavendish, but also about five or six of them have gone to Longford as well, which suggests to me that, you know, things things obviously aren't great there either because Bray were a team that actually made the playoffs as well last year. And, you know, you would have felt, well, if they held on to the, the spine of that team and brought a few players in, in from Cavendish, maybe they'd be stronger. And, you know, there's just a few whispers maybe about, you know, Pat Delvin not being the most universally popular manager for them, which is one of the reasons why maybe five or six of the Bray players are gone with the ex-Bray manager to Longford. So, um, look, I mean, obviously it's it's um, it's going to save a few pounds overall, but um, I, I don't see Bray either being um, up in that top three or four this season, whereas again, this time last year, we certainly were predicting them to be um, in the shake-up. Yeah, do you agree with that, Jason? I suppose because if you look at it, the type of player they've signed, they've signed Curtis Byrne from Atlone, Dean Zambra has come back from Longford, Oscar Brennan has come in there, Stephen McGuinness, Hugh Douglas, probably seasoned League of Ireland veterans. I suppose in one way, there's been such an overhaul with Bray uh, this season, and there, I thought, I felt when there, when I was looking at it, it was almost a touch of of the Atlone and the overhaul of last season with the squad, you know, which doesn't always work uh, either. So even though they've signed experienced players and, you know, they've got uh, a few players back and coming in, sorry, excuse me, from Kevin Teeley as well, I suppose it remains to be seen how, they, how they'll react now with, with this merger as well. I'd agree with you completely, Adrian, and, and listening to yourself and Noel and, and having looked at their squad in, in detail, the, the comparisons with that loan last year really jumps out at me as well. And that can go both ways, you know, look, people... Uh, and I agree with Noel, people can say that Pat Devlin mightn't be the most popular person or, or the popular choice for the job, but there's no doubt in his experience. And if he can create that kind of siege mentality in the dressing room, um, then there's nothing to say that, that this group of players can do well and maybe reach the playoffs. But again, look, you're looking at it, you mentioned Curtis Byrne, you mentioned Hugh Douglas, Connor Clifford is in there, Paul Fox, obviously. They're good players, Adrian, but how motivated are they going to be? Can they consistently deliver for Pat Devlin? These are the questions, I suppose, that will only be answered over the coming months, you know. But on paper, they have a squad, most definitely. My opinion, Pat Devlin is a very experienced and good manager. Can he get the best out of him, I suppose, is the question. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it is quite a big squad. I know signed Carl Manning as well the other day. It's quite a big squad, so it'll be interesting to see how Pat Devlin even manages that squad. Uh, this season as well. On to, uh, I suppose, a manager who's at the other end of his career from Pat Devlin now with Cove Ramblers is Darren Murphy, who obviously had effectively half a season no, last year with Cove. It was a miserable season, let's be honest with Cove. We all thought they'd finish much higher than they did. They finished ninth. If the season had went on a bit longer, they probably would have been bottom uh, the way it was way it was going on. If you look at the squad now and the departures, I know Ian Turner has retired, which may not have come as a massive shock to people up in, in that part of the world. Um, I know Tommy Barrett said as well in, in a very interesting one that uh, both Dave O'Leary and, and Darren Murphy, who are former Limerick FC players, had actually contacted him uh, to come to Treaty United and, and Tommy had turned him down as well. So obviously the likelihood is they're not going to be in Cove uh, this season. Would that give you the impression, Noel, that considering as well he has signed three young players from Cork City, that we have discussed as well, that Darren Murphy is going to be feeling quite a young squad, and it does look that way, to be fair. I think so. I don't think the, the signs are great overall. I think, 
you know, you spoke about the change in management halfway through the season. Like we saw that in Atlone and we saw kind of an upturn in 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 fortunes. And the same really can't be said for for Cove. It took ages to get the first win. As you say, a few experienced players gone out of it. Um my my own feeling on like for Cove ever to be kind of doing well in the first vision, I think it's very, very dependent on a very strong Cork City team in the Premier League where you know they pitch themselves for a higher a higher level of player which means that there's better players if you like available you know to cove and uh while while both of them are in the same division you know i i can never see great success for cove i certainly can't see it this year and i have them in around the bottom two with um with atlone at the moment so uh, i think it is going to be another struggle for cove this season yeah, it certainly seems that way. As you said, it's probably not a good thing for them that you have a full-time Cork City in the in the same division as well. Jason, they have they struggled for goals anyway, and we you did actually pick that out at the start of last season that they probably would. You didn't see where the goals were going to come from. They have signed Benny and uh, Brian Whitmarsh from from Cork City, who has a huge point to prove. Uh, it's probably did the most high-profile uh, signing that they're probably even likely to make. Uh, how do you think it will go for Cove this year? Although I know it's early to tell, we haven't even kicked the ball. Very difficult to say, Adrian, but one thing I would suggest to Darren Murphy is to change their style of play because I mentioned it last year, consistently playing the ball sideways and backwards in this league does not get you results, does not get you goals. So that'll be the big thing for me. If they persist with that style of play, Adrian, it could be a very, very long season for them. You mentioned O'Brien Whitmarsh, and really it's only Connor Drynan as well. From an attacking point of view, I suppose, that, that they have at the moment. So, again, you're wondering where the goals are going to come from. And unless you become a little bit more, I suppose, results-driven, you know, which you have to be in this league, um, and manage games a lot better, they are going to struggle, most definitely. Yeah, and speaking of uh, results-driven, Noel, I know that we spoke in length about how uh, good Cork were to, on the eye at times last season. We're now going on to a season here where, you know, it's all about results for Cork this season. Colin Healy did his business early, signed the likes of James Duna, uh, signed the likes of Ali Gilchrist, just to name two. Uh, he kept the majority of last season's squad as well. They've had a full year under him now, but in all honesty, you know, they missed out in the playoffs, but I mean, even... A title challenge, really, you'd have to say, would probably be the expectation on, on in Turner's Cross this year. I think there's no doubt about that. I think, you know, the other bit of good news in that um, Barry Coffey is remaining with them as well. I think that he had a big impact in him when, you know, he came over originally on the loan spell from, from Celtic. Again, the second half of the season for them was, you know, a good bit better than the first half. And you'll be thinking that they can continue that into... Um, this season, um, there will be an expectation there, right? I think, and I certainly think that with the group of players there, you know, it is time for them to get their act together. I said at the start of last season that they didn't really, it took, I thought that they, they didn't really were ready for the first vision. I think they are now. I think they, they know a lot more about it and they think that they're more equipped to to certainly be up around the top track of, of the first division um, this season. <clears throat> yeah, there's no doubt in Jason Cork City, you know, being obviously a full-time club, one of three real big hitters, I suppose, this season. 
you'd be expecting them to be right up there now uh, for a title tilt. You would, Adrian, you know, and look, I voiced it last year that they, they massively underachieved. I think we all did. They were one of my tips for, for the top two or even most certainly the playoffs last year. And and despite kind of a late run of results, they were too inconsistent, you know, and too slow getting going in their season. Be interesting to see if if that is the same again this year, how long Colin Healy will get. It's been a huge investment in the squad. Obviously, Jimmy Corcoran is a good sign and that was needed for them um, in goals. You mentioned Danny Gilchrist. Very, very good player. Impressed me last year with Shelburne throughout the season. No one mentioned Barry Coffey. He'll certainly add goals and creativity. And now you have James Duna on one side of the pitch and, and Dylan McGlaid on the other side. Okay, you still have Keane Murphy, Rory Keating and, and Marco Mahoney. I would have liked to see him get maybe a striker that's going to guarantee you kind of 12 to 15 goals, which don't get me wrong, though. It's not easy to find them players, Adrian. But that is the area, if I'd one concern, I suppose, for, for Colin Healy, that that might be it. But there's no doubting it's it's Cork City, it's Waterford, and it's Galway on paper. They're going to be vying for, for them top two positions, I think. And that brings us to Galway United, Noel. Last season would have been a disappointment for them. They were consistent, to be fair. They had a patchy start. They were consistent towards the end. Finished in second place. We always said it. Bray had no form going into the playoffs. It's the way the playoffs work. Bray then beat Galway in front of a huge crowd at AMD's Park, which would have really irked uh, John Caulfield and his players, obviously, uh, on the evening. Caulfield goes into the first year of a new two-year contract with the club. Very much so like Cork City, though. The pressure is on. You'd wonder how long even John Caulfield will get, Noel, if they have a start even as patchy as they did last season. Yeah, I think it's vital that they certainly don't have that patchy start. Um, and I think you're right. I think, you know, the expectations, you know, we talk about the expectations around treaty. So you can imagine what the expectations are around the likes of Galway United and, and, and Cork City in particular. I think those two clubs are... are those two managers will certainly be under the most pressure in terms of, of results. Um, we would have said at the start of last season that we'd wonder where the goals were going to come from. Um, he's brought a few players in. Um, a lad from Drogheda um, who, who, who made a few substitution appearances and scored a few goals. Um, a Spanish guy, uh, Dimas. Dimas, yeah. Yeah, which there, you know, again, listen, he needs to hit the ground running. I suppose you'd have to call him a, a gamble sign. And really, if it works, it'll be great. And uh, Lombardo, who broke his leg last start of last season, they had high hopes for him. So um, obviously he's in. Rory Keaton has gone to Galway. So I think it'll be key for, for John Coffield. You'd expect him to be well organised, not to concede a whole lot of goals, you know, which is what they did all last season. And if one or two of those guys can start scoring goals for them, um, which I think is going to be vital. Well, look, and again, Jason mentioned the three, Cork City, Ward from Galway. I think there's no doubt that they'll be the top three this season, but I suppose uh, unlike last season where I had a clear you know, feeling that Shelburne were going to win it, it's a bit harder to pick that, certainly first and second and third in the right order um, this year, but I would expect it to be Ward for Cork and, and Galway. Yeah, and I do think that's a very good point, Noel, on the the goal the goal scoring, excuse me, for Galway. You know, the, the Jordan Adeyemo, he's already started pre-season very well. 
uh, for Galway too. So they'll be hoping that that he continues on. Jason, I know we had a vested interest in Galway anyway, and we already had Limerick man in there in, in Killian Bruder and O'Shea Duggan started the season last year with Galway. But it was a very big surprise to see two regionally United players go to Galway in the last couple of weeks. You had Ed McCarthy, who was a fan's favourite with Treaty last season, has signed for Galway. And Evan O'Connor from regional as well has signed. So there, there'll be uh, three Limerick natives uh, up there as well. Um, I suppose, were you surprised by either of those signings, Jason? It was, Adrian. And, and you said Ed McCarthy was a fan's favourite. He was a little bit of a Jason O'Connor favourite as well last year, you know. He, I kind of singled him out and kind of said that based on, on what Treaty were coming out with, you know, uh, around the model that they were trying to develop, that I felt he was kind of the flagship player, you know, locally based from my Ross. Um, worked his way into the team, played wide right, as we know, for, for a lot of the season. And we tried him at right back. And, and I was kind of saying all year that he was going to be most comfortable in that number six position. And I felt when he got in there, he did really, really well. And he's a player with huge potential, you know. So for someone myself who has a vested interest in, in players in Limerick and, and wanting to see them playing in Limerick for, for Treaty or, or whoever at the highest level possible, I'm disappointed to see Ed not with Treaty this year. Evan O'Connor as well, you'd kind of question how come he's not in a Treaty and, and how come he wasn't in last year. Um. So I would, you know, I'd be a little bit disappointed to see those players um, going up the road to, to Galway. But look, they go with our best wishes and, and we wish them all the best and, and we want to see them doing well, don't get me wrong. Um, it's just I'd love to see them in, in Treaty United colours. Obviously, Killian Bruder is a good friend of mine, someone I rate very highly. Um, so that's the, the Limerick connection, I suppose, as you said. Um, but look, I agree with Noel on paper. They look strong. I'm glad to see Francili Lombato back. Um, I had high hopes for him last season. No one mentioned that he broke his leg in pre-season. And he's got really, really um, quick. He's pacey. Um, if I was John Caulfield, I'd be going more 4-4-2. Um, him playing off maybe Wilson Aguero or a DMO, as you mentioned him there. And, and look, it's a very continental looking front line, I suppose. So we'll have to see how them lads fare out in, in the the tough conditions that we're guaranteed to have at, at some point in the season. In our alphabetical order, now we now move on to, to Longford Town, Noel. You did mention them already when you were speaking about Bray Wanderers. Gary Cronin is the new manager at the Helen for Longford. I know Dara Doyle left towards the end of last season. Gary Cronin has brought in the likes of uh, Dan Jones, Dylan Barnett, Ryan Graydon and Darren Craven with him to, to sorry, the City Calling Stadium after he left Bray. He brought them with him too. Longford relegated last season fairly meekly, it has to be said. They were relegated, they were basically relegated with two or three months to go without being mathematically relegated. It's normally when a team comes down Noel, from, from the Premier Division, barring a disaster financially, you expect them to be in the mix to bounce back up. I just I don't get the sense of that uh in Longford, to be honest with you. Yeah, but like I am um, I think looking at it. Their squad will be a bit skinny. I always find that Longford, you know, they seem to have some good relationship with Shamrock Rovers and a couple of good young Shamrock Rovers players um, end up there. Um, I see Eric Malloy signed for them as well. You know, a good experienced player that won a league with Wexford a few years ago. So, um, and unlike before where you had to finish in the top two to go up, um, a top five is obviously where they want to be. And I think there's a good chance that 
that Longford will be there just just looking at the um, at the group in fairness to them while they did struggle all last season they never threw in the towel and you know they were getting beaten every week but you know they took very few kind of hidings if you like that a lot of teams do when they're caught adrift like that so there is some spirit there it's a difficult place to go as well and I think you said it yourself they are a bit of a yo-yo club so I think that um, I certainly wouldn't rule out their chances of certainly being in the playoffs um, at the end of this season. I know I might be, I suppose, overstepping the mark, Jason, in, in drawn comparisons, but, you know, you see it now at the moment in England where you have people talking about uh, Fulham and, and Norwich, I suppose, you know, where they, they t- speak about Fulham and Norwich going up and down all the time in, in the Premier. Longford are, I suppose, in some ways similar to that in that even the, the time they went up a couple of years ago, they just about scraped into the playoffs, finished in really poor form, got promoted then again, another they went back down again. But they do seem to be in the last few years like a kind of a club that maybe won't spend more than two years in the Premier, but are always up in the right side of the, of the first division. And I suppose with Gary Cronin there, who has been in the playoffs in the last couple of seasons with Bray, they have the know-how as well. But I have Adrian, you know, and look, let's be honest, it takes a lot of financial clout to be competitive in the Premier Division. We've seen it with UCD as well over the last number of years. They could, I suppose, be classed as a yo-yo club as well. And it'll be interesting to see how they fare out in the Premier Division this season. But I'd be in agreement with you both. I think that Longford will be in and around the playoffs. Have some experienced players, Adrian. Look, they have Dylan Barnett. We know he's a good player. No one mentioned Eric Malloy. Ryan Graydon is there. You know, and Sam Verdon is good for a goal for them as well. And I'd agree with Noel. They'd be difficult to play against in Longford. And that could be, I suppose, the, the building blocks for them. If they can be hard to beat away from home and picking up wins at home, then they'll certainly be in and around the mix. Um, I don't expect them to be in the bottom two, Adrian. I certainly don't, or the bottom three even. Yeah, and I suppose it's, it's funny you know that you say that, Jason. You know, if you're not in the bottom three, you're almost in the playoffs in this league, the way it's working out this year. But uh, uh, that, that, that is uh, one thing, Noel, I suppose I haven't touched on really. There's only nine teams in the league. You know, it really does open up the possibility that, that even the team bottom, if it is tight at all, could be going into the last two months of the season with a realistic chance of sneaking fifth place, which I suppose... Makes it exciting anyway in the league, and it was exciting last year, the format of the league. Definitely, yeah. Look, it's going to be, I think there's a real level enough. Um, I know we haven't covered all the teams yet, but I think um, my old club, Wexford, seem to have made a few canny signings as well. I think uh, Ian Ryan's um, connection with UCD has served me well, certainly. And it's interesting to see that a couple of players that he felt are sub- surplus to requirements are turning up in places like like Bray Wanderers. So, um, listen, obviously with only nine teams in it and fifth, anything from first to fifth giving you a chance of success, you know, it should keep the whole league alive uh, for most, if not all, of, of, of the coming season. Yeah, certainly. And I know we will touch on, on Wexford, but Jason, we saw Waterford the other night. Very hard to, you know, I suppose, discuss that performance because, you know, it was it was effectively a second string side or a, an almost, you know, 
trial side from, from Ian Morris. And I suppose as well, you have to consider the fact that the game was switched at such short notice from the back field to UL and everything. And, and Treaty were good on the night too, so it is going to be very hard to, to judge them on that. But if you look at it, there was absolute shenanigans, I suppose, at the end in the week, final week excuse me, of last season with Mark Bertram leaving. Richard Forrest came under severe uh, criticism but he kept the club as full-time. He said it was always his wish whether they were Premier or First Division, they are full-time outfit again. And he has appointed a proven winner at this level in Ian Morris as the manager. He's won the league two times in this division with Shelburne. You know, people were probably surprised with the way it ended at Shelburne considering he got them straight back up. But he will certainly be expecting to be, as you said already, up right up there with Galway and Cork and he has kept some very experienced players uh, as well in and brought in some decent players too Oh he has look Ian Morris knows what it takes to win this league Adrian that's the first point to make you know you don't fluke a league two years there obviously in a budget at Shelburne and a lot of good players but he has the same now at Waterford you know so and look there always seems to be a story doesn't there with Waterford United over the last number of years whether it's Mark Burcham or or different managers coming and going mid-season and, and things like that. I, I really think they need a bit of stability. And I think Ian Morris needs a bit of stability as well, I suppose. So it could be a really, really good fit. Um, they brought in Killian Campwell, who seems to only spend one season at a club and then moved on again. But he's there's no doubt he's a very, very good defender um, at this level. Obviously, they've Brian Murphy in goals, who, again, is as good as what you'll have in this division. There's no doubt about that. And they're a full-time outfit, Adrian. So their fitness and, and their organisation should be visible from the get-go of the season. You rightly said, not to be reading into too much of, of their performance against Treaty the other night. And I don't mean that in a derogative way to, to Treaty. You, you said it and I agree with you. I thought Treaty were excellent the other night against Waterford. But that's not the Waterford United team that we'll see um, come the season starts. There's no doubt about that. I think they will be in the mix. They certainly will, whether it's going to be for automatic promotion or the playoffs. Um, but they certainly will be in the mix for promotion. Yeah, I know Jason mentioned there, Noel, uh, the Killian Campbell sign. I suppose Killian Campbell is a product of, of the League for Ireland in some ways, like probably an extreme end, but he does have a different club every single season. Um, I know he signed Yasin Enyeha as well from Shelburne, who came through the academy for him and Ian Morris, he trusts him very well, but also keeping, I suppose, the likes of stagers like and, and a Watford player like Brian Murphy there, keeping Eddie Nolan from that season. They signed back Anthony Wordsworth, uh, Phoenix Patterson, who was actually uh, really well thought of in the Premier Division even and made a big impact last season. So, you know, you would expect that Waterford will be in the mix. Yeah, and the fact that two days before they played or three days before they played Treaty, they beat John Dock. Um, to one which you have to say I know it's pre-season but certainly was impressive I looked at the interview after with Ian Morris and it was certainly a game I think that that he had put more more stock in if you like in terms of the the pre-season work than than the the, the Tuesday night game with Treaty so um, seemed very relaxed as you said a lot of experience down there the kind of players you'd want we were wondering, would there was, was there going to be an exit as out? I think Eddie Nolan, you know, should be a very, very strong player in that league with his experience. He's a good character as well, coming from, from, from a good family of footballers. And um, I think they'll certainly be there or thereabouts. Yeah, and that does bring us to Wexford, uh, the final team to discuss. 
for us. And um, when I was talking about it, it was it was similar because of the big recruitment drive. The players have been brought in, Jason. You have like Denny Corcoran, Paul Hunt, uh, Joe Manley. You know, players. You know, with experience in the league, Ian Ryan was always going to do that. I felt because you know, at the end of the day, like when a team finishes bottom, uh, no matter no matter what way you look at it, you're going to have a huge overhaul in the squad. You are, Adrian, but look, it's not always that simple to get them players to come to, to somewhere like Wexford or or wherever else. It's, it's not a straightforward just to revamp a whole squad, and I think Ian Ryan deserves huge credit because that's what he's done. Um, Aidan Freel is another good signing, obviously, with that loan last year. He'll add some experience to the team. You mentioned Denny Corcoran. But right throughout the squad, Adrian, they've strengthened to know they really have. And we saw him towards the back end of last season in the markets field, you know, against Treaty. And they were by far the better side. They, they drew with Treaty on the night, but I felt they were the better side and they were disappointed coming away um, from the markets field. But look, again, on paper, I don't think they'll be in the bottom two, Adrian. I really don't. I think Ian Ryan has done a great job since he came in last year. Larkin Fitz, again, is there for him. He'll provide huge experience and guidance to the bodies around him. And, and I'll stick by it. I don't think they'll be in the bottom two. Yeah, there were major improvements to be seen. Jason touched on it, uh, Noel, to be fair, at, towards the end of last season with Wexford. Even if they did lose a game, you know, they were really putting it up to teams way higher up in the league and losing by the odd goal or, you know, picking up decent points and decent victories. Uh, in some cases, they, they had a relatively strong end to it. Um, I, I know, we, as we've discussed on many occasions, you, you do have your, your own uh, contacts in Wexford. But I'm assuming if you had been talking to any of them, that, you know, they would be happy with the... The business that has been done and as well i suppose holding on to players like uh i think it's evan farrell up in wexford who's really well thought of uh, a young player uh was very uh, important for ian ryan as well yeah evan farrell connor barry coming from finn harps we know dinny cork and jason mentioned a while ago going to cork city but they got in paul paul hunt a very very experienced keeper you know who who a bit like jack brady say with treaty has been a, a reserve Keeper, but certainly, you know, is a really, really strong and professional guy. And, you know, they'd be looking for a big year out of him. And Connor Davis, another guy who won a league with UCD a few years ago, that very, very good um, UCD team with the likes of Farouge and, and Scales. He was actually the centre forward and he's gone there as well. So um, certainly strengthened in all areas. And, and they are... They are looking forward to it, and um, I certainly would agree with Jason, and I, I can't see him being in the bottom two this season. Yeah, and we are sure to discuss all those teams again and focus on them in the next couple of weeks. That That's for sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an exciting couple of weeks as we build up to the season, as it always is. Jason, I suppose just to, to touch on it in our, our last piece here, touch on, on local soccer. I know we were both um, present yesterday evening for the partnership between National League side, underage league side, Limerick FC and uh, Limerick County uh, District Underage League, where obviously the Bruff base will now be available uh, to county players as well as coaching from, uh, I suppose, Limerick FC coaches. Uh, there was, I, we had Mike Hurley, Mike Hurley, excuse me, present and Pat O'Sullivan. Was, uh, it wasn't Mike Hurley, just to, to correct myself, but uh, Mike Hurley and we had Pat O'Sullivan present yesterday evening. Um, it's a, a huge uh, partnership, you know, that, that will open up doors for the county in the future. What is Adrian? Look, the key piece here is 
Limerick FC have a facility in the middle of Limerick County in Brough. That was the that was really the starting point for this partnership. Um, I suppose they can provide that facility and, and huge credit to them. They've they've offered that facility to the county league, and that's where this partnership kind of began. But look, it's a massive pathway for the players historically in the county after Kennedy Cup and Gaynor Cup. The players kind of go all different directions and go different codes and, and things like that and, and maybe leave the, the county league and go to other leagues. Now they don't have to. They can stay in the county league and keep that league strong. They can avail of, of coaching from the likes of Dave Deneen in, in Limerick FC and the other coaches working in the academy in Limerick FC. There'll be ongoing uh, sessions, camps. You know, it's really player-centred, Adrian. So as football development officer for the FEI in the Limerick County, um, I know it's centenary year for the FEI, but it's also 10 years for me working for the FEI this year. So it's a really, really positive piece and, and I'm delighted. Yes, congratulations on that milestone, uh, Jason. And on that note, I suppose a huge thanks to both Jason and Noel tonight. We went through quite a lot in the last hour, going through all the teams in the Electricity League, signings and expectations and, and outgoings too. That will continue for the next couple of weeks, obviously, and we're delighted to be back on the, the soccer scene for Sport and Limerick. Uh, we will be back next week as well, where we're sure to have some top-class analysis again from our, our pundits, and uh, we look forward to it. So thank you for joining us.